What's up, everybody? If this is your first time here, welcome to The Adoption Door. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. I'm your host, Andres, and in this podcast, I share your, the listeners, adoption stories and how it's changed and often shaped people's lives, sometimes for the better, but not always. Here I read people's stories that are sent in, all in hopes that they may resonate with you in some way, and also so you may get a different perspective in the matter. Today we have three stories that have been sent in. If you'd like to share your story, you can email me at theadoptiondoor at gmail.com, and I'll put it in the show, and you can remain anonymous if you'd like. Okay, without further delay, let's get into the stories. Our first story comes from Emily, and she writes... I live in a small town nestled in the rolling hills of Montana. My name is Emily, and my husband's name is James, and we have been dreaming of becoming parents. We had tried to have a baby on our own, but after years of struggling with infertility, we decided to explore the option of adopting a child. We researched and learned about the process of adoption and felt our hearts tugging towards adopting a child from a foreign country. We were drawn to the idea of giving a child in need a loving home and a bright future. After months of paperwork, interviews, and waiting, we finally received a call from the adoption agency. We were matched with a five-year-old baby boy named Alex, who was from a country halfway around the world, China to be exact. James and I were overjoyed and eagerly prepared for his arrival. We traveled to Alex's country and met him for the first time. It was love at first sight. Alex was a bright-eyed and curious little boy, and we instantly formed a bond with him. We spent time getting to know each other, despite the language barrier, and it felt like we were meant to be a family. The adoption process was not always easy, with challenges such as navigating cultural differences, language barriers, and legal requirements. But we were determined and resilient. We worked tirelessly, and with the support of our family, friends, and the adoption agency, we brought Alex home. Finally, after a few months of anticipation, paperwork, and legal processes, the day arrived when we could bring him home. It was a moment filled with tears of joy and overwhelming happiness. We introduced Alex to his new home, his new room, and his new family, and he quickly adapted to his new surroundings. In the years that followed, Alex thrived in his new home. He blossomed into a confident and loving child, and James and I were filled with pride as we watched him grow. We shared many special moments as a family, from celebrating birthdays, holidays, and going on adventures, creating cherished memories together. We also kept in touch with Alex's birth mother, learning about his cultural heritage and incorporating it into his life. We formed lasting friendships with other families who had adopted from the same country, creating a support network for Alex and us. As Alex grew older, he expressed curiosity about his adoption story, and so we lovingly shared with him the story of how he came into our lives and how we became a family. We answered his questions with honesty and compassion, and we supported him in exploring his roots and understanding his identity. Today, Alex is a thriving young adult, grateful for the loving home and opportunities that adopting him has offered. He is proud of his heritage and grateful for the family that chose him, and he continues to cherish the special bond with, that he shares with us. James and I are immensely grateful for the joy and fulfillment that Alex brings to our lives, and we are proud to have him as our son. And so, this adoption story is a tale of love, resilience, 
an unbreakable bond that forms when families come together through the miracle of adoption. It's a story of how James and I opened our hearts and home to a child in need, and we were rewarded with the gift of parenthood, and how Alex found a forever family who loves and supports him unconditionally. One of the reasons why I like this story is because it's, it's, it's about adopting a child that's not an infant. I mean, Alex was five when he was adopted. And I don't know, to me, it just it really brings home, no pun intended, the need for older children to be adopted as well, and not just infants and toddlers. You know, there's there are, of course, infants and toddlers to be adopted, but there's also a lot of kids who really need a good home that are older, you know, four, five, 13, 15, so on and so forth. So it's it's not just about, you know, infants. I think that these other kids deserve a chance at happiness as well. Well, thank you for taking the time to send in your story, Emily. We certainly appreciate it and enjoyed it. Our next story comes from Mark, and he has gone through quite a bit. And he writes, The year was 1986, and my wife Lisa and I were excitedly preparing to welcome our first child into the world. We had been trying to conceive for years and had gone through the emotional roller coaster of infertility treatments without success. However, our dream of becoming parents was finally coming true when Lisa became pregnant. But our joy was short-lived. Tragedy struck when Lisa unexpectedly passed away due to complications during childbirth. I was devastated, and in my grief, I struggled to care for the newborn baby girl named Emily on my own. I was overwhelmed by the responsibilities of parenthood and struggled to cope with the loss of my beloved wife. Feeling lost and desperate, I made the heart-wrenching decision to put up Emily for adoption. I did it for the same reason many others do. I wanted her to have a better life than I could provide, but it tore me apart to let her go. I searched carefully for a loving and caring family who would give Emily the love and care she deserved. After months of searching, I found a couple, Sarah and John, who had been longing to adopt a child. They had struggled with fertility as well, and were overjoyed when I chose them to be Emily's adoptive parents. They promised to provide her with a nurturing and loving home. Despite the pain of parting with Emily, I knew I had made the best decision for her. I signed the adoption papers, and with a heavy heart, I said goodbye to my precious daughter. Emily went home with Sarah and John, who were ecstatic to finally have a child of their own. Years passed and Emily grew up to, in a loving environment with Sarah and John, who cherished her every day. However, my heartache never truly subsided, and I always wondered about Emily and how she was doing. I often thought about what it would be like to see her, hold her, and tell her how much I loved her. On Emily's 18th birthday, I mustered up the courage to reach out to John and Sarah, expressing my desire to meet Emily. Sarah and John understood my longing, and arranged a meeting between Emily and I. The reunion was both joyful and bittersweet, as I got to see the young woman Emily had become, but also see how grown she was. I also realized how much I had missed in her life. Despite the tragedy that had brought them together, Sarah, John, Emily, and I decided to forge a connection as a blended family. They all have remained in my life, and we have all supported and loved Emily together. I found solace in knowing that Emily had grown up in a happy and loving home, 
and was surrounded by people who cared for her. While the pain of both losing Lisa and putting Emily up for adoption would always remain, I found comfort in the relationship I developed with Emily and the knowledge that she was surrounded by love. It was a tragic story that had turned into a tale of resilience, love, and the power of family. Thank you, Mark, for sending in your story. It was quite moving and certainly a testament to your love for your daughter, Emily, as well as your late wife, Lisa. I'm so sorry for your loss. I can only imagine the heartache you've been through. But it's wonderful to see something so painful turn into something so amazing. Okay, in our third and final story for this episode, we'll meet TK. And she tells us about her beginnings and how rewarding meeting her birth mom really was. This is what she wrote. I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii in the late 1960s. Shortly after my birth, I was taken to a foster home until my parents adopted me at two months old. My adoptive mom got pregnant with my sister and she was born 13 months after me. She had a difficult pregnancy and birth. She ended up staying in the hospital for three months. During this time, my dad was working and I was being taken care of by various nannies and occasionally a grandmother. I never formed a bond as I didn't get the chance. When I was five, my mom told me I was adopted. I didn't seem that surprised. I was very different from the three of them in every way imaginable. I wore my heart on my sleeve, said exactly how I felt, and was deeply in love with nature and comfortable being alone. I was ashamed of my sensitivity and hated to make a mistake. My mother was very controlling, and I couldn't control how I felt. I never hid that I was adopted and would freely mention it when meeting strangers. I kind of liked that I was different. Growing up, I had no idea what my ethnicity was. With brown hair and amber eyes, I blended. It drove me crazy not being able to say I was from somewhere in particular. I wanted a tradition to celebrate a culture I could decorate my room with, to know I belonged to a tribe. When I was 19, I cut myself loose. I started traveling and moving around a lot. Moving, to me, was a form of travel. I always found other cities, towns, and people fascinating. I loved to hear their stories, such as how they came to live where they were and how it changed them. Because I never bonded with my family member, my mates became my family. Intimacy was everything. I found myself becoming obsessed with my partners. Even after it would end, I couldn't let go. How could you turn off love once it's on? I spent a lot of time alone trying to figure it all out, so I wouldn't make the same mistake. It was around age 30 when I started to look for my birth mom. I hired a searcher who was an adoptee themselves. It ended up taking a year. Most of that was waiting to hear back from Social Security. He called her and asked if she wanted contact with me, and she did. And then I called, and I heard my voice echoed back to me. Her name was Michelle, and I had her ridiculous laugh. She talked a mile a minute, something I did when I was younger. All that practice talking to strangers was paying off. She told me everything, held nothing back, even her tears. She told me that when she was pregnant, living in Hawaii... She would dig a hole in the sand like a turtle and bury her belly in it. She spent a lot of time swimming in the ocean, a love that got passed down to me. Michelle said that when she gave birth, they whisked me out of the room, and she ran to the elevator to hold me and say goodbye. 
She debated keeping me, but a 19-year-old woman in the 1960s didn't do that. Her father was a strict, overbearing French man that tried to get my birth father, Rick, to marry her. They had a huge argument over it, with my father denying that I was even his. My mother knew the truth, and she had never been with anybody else. In the end, my father got another woman pregnant and married her. My half-brother, Joe, was born six months after me. Since Rick was now completely out of the picture, Michelle decided to give me up. My father abandoned her, so she gave me up, which was hard for her as well as me. People wonder why adoptees don't like to celebrate their birthdays. There's a lot of sadness surrounding our births. Talking to Michelle, I did find out what we had in common, and that was a delight. Both of us crazy for plants and art. The love of travel and moving got passed down to me, too. Me, 33, and her, 25. Turns out she loves redwoods as well as I do, and ended up living in them, not far from my town. She had no idea. It was just sheer coincidence. She loved to see the connections between things, how events could serendipitously come together. She was playful and enthusiastic, and because of that, people always thought she was younger than she was. It turns out those traits got carried throughout my birth family. Meeting the rest of my family is a story for another time. Well, let me just say that these stories were very unique as well as inspiring. And TK, uh, we're all looking forward to hearing the rest of your story whenever you're ready. I would like to thank Lisa, Mark, and TK for sending in their stories. Once again, if you'd like to send in your story, just email it to me at theadoptiondoor at gmail.com. I'm sure it could benefit somebody out there, just as I'm sure that the stories in this episode have. Well, that's it for this episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and comment. It really helps me out. I'm on all major podcast platforms uh, under the title The Adoption Door. Facebook as well, under the same name. Once again, I'm your host, Andres. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to reading your story in the next episode. Lucky number 13. Until then, be good to yourself and be kind to others.